there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded Gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample me on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime, will they escape? In wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Psalm 56 in the ESV. Hello and welcome back to the Balm and Gilead podcast, where we explore all things Christian music and worship. I'm your host, Brian, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Grant. Today, we have a fascinating and thought-provoking topic to dive into, artificial intelligence and Christian worship music. What happens when AI writes Christian songs? Can machines truly capture the essence of worship, or is there something unique about human creativity and expression? We're excited to explore these questions and more as we delve into the intersection of technology and faith, but that's not all. We'll also be discussing where worship comes from and whether worship written by those outside the faith has a place in Christian worship. It's a complex and nuanced topic, but we believe it's important to engage with it as we seek to deepen our understanding of worship. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for this exciting and thought-provoking episode. Let's dive in. Okay. You wrote that, right? Well, I was going to say, you sounded a little robotic. A little robotic? Uh, there. Yeah, it just sounded a little bit like you're trying too much. I don't know what it is. Um, are you feeling okay? I am feeling okay. Yes. <laughs> that was written not by me. I did write something to generate it, though. I, uh, yeah. I, I wrote a chat in chat GPT. So, uh, thank you chat GPT for that stunning, uh, mm, intro. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, um, well, I I guess that's, I I guess we're into it. Um, yeah. Looks like you had another Bible passage you wanted to share though, before we jump in that (laughs) we should be clear, not generated by chat GPT. Not generated. Yeah, um, and uh, I'll, Word of God. I'll refer back to it. 
I'll refer back to it in, in a little bit. I just kind of had it thrown into the, the document. So this week we uh, we've had this idea to talk about AI generated song lyrics for for a bit now, and uh, and we've kind of already introduced part of the conversation. And so as a result, we have planned very little for this episode as in the way of actually writing stuff down as notes to refer back to. So I think a lot of this is going to be off the cuff, though I did put in a scripture passage from uh, Philippians 1 that I'll refer back to in a little bit. But um, okay. other than that, um, what have you been listening to? Yeah, great question. Uh, so over the past month or so, I've been listening to obviously a lot of Crown and Covenant, but also some Holly Dutton. Uh, got back into her songs from the Westminster Catechism. So been listening to a little bit of that. Also, I cannot get enough of this album that is by, <clears throat> um, well, Kevin Putz is the uh, songwriter. And I think he's part of this group called Time for Three. And it's two violinists and a upright bass player. It might be a violin and a viola. I haven't paid that much attention. But the point is they are extremely talented and they have this one uh, album and I'll put a show note. uh, I'll put put it in the show notes, but it is um, it's called uh, Contact and I just cannot get enough of it. It's just really good, um, really tight harmonies, but also um, epic in a way, but not, you know, epic like a film score kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to find the, uh, let's see, Letters for the Future is the name of the album. And let me just tell you, I would highly recommend it to all of you. So also been listening to Colony House still, you know, um, enjoying that quite a bit. So yeah, I guess a lot more um, classical type music. Uh, We did go to our local book sale for the library yesterday and picked up some new record albums, uh, including, uh, let's see, who did we get? Uh, I know we picked up a Mahler for symphony. Um, There was some Igor Stravinsky in there as well kind of a, just a wide variety of whatever they had, which was actually kind of lacking this time of year, this year. But uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brian, I, I found, I found a coloring book. Hmm. Did you, did you see that post? I know this is getting no. off the topic a little bit, but it's a, That's it's fine. a coloring book of Christian martyrs. Nice. So is yeah. Bishop Cooper one of them? I don't know. I should have bought it. Like everybody's screaming at me. Why, why didn't I buy it? So next time I will definitely pick that up. Anyway, uh, that's kind of what I've been listening to. Who have you been listening to? What's interesting? All right. So a few things. One, uh, Citizens came out with an album this past week. and Yes, they did. uh, And I was listening through it, was not blown away. Um, I would actually say it was incredibly formulaic. Like it just, I don't know. It just wasn't very interesting. Um, it just felt like they gave up. I don't know. Um, one, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no. One of the songs that was on it is called everything and more. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, I feel like I've heard this before and, and I'm listening to the music and I'm like, yep, yep. I've definitely heard something that sounds exactly like this before. So I, uh, I figured out what it was and it was the song come alive from, uh, the movie, the greatest showman. And these two songs, I've listened to them back to back a few times and it's just weird. It's weird how eerily similar they you made are. A, um, I did. You, I, you I made, made a, a playlist too. a playlist of just the two songs, <laughs> just so that I could listen to them back to back. Um, and Which I still haven't listened to, listen. and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's I need to. It's, I need to do that. It's just. It's just weird. Um, the, now the the melodies aren't like identical. There's a couple. Uh, there's a couple things here and there, a couple bits that that are really, really eerily similar. But it's like the whole ride, like the emotional uh, stirrings, like the the instrumental parts, and just kind of like the, the high moments, the low moments. It's almost, it's almost identical throughout the song. It's, but I, I don't think that it's, 
that one is copying the other. I think that it's more evidence that neither is a really good song, that they're both super formulaic. I know that was one of the major criticisms from actual songwriters about the movie The Greatest Showman was all of the music was really bad because it was all formulaic, though the average Joe thought it was really good. I thought it was nice, but I am more average Joe. I don't have a music degree like some people on this podcast. <laughs> well, when the when the movie was really like when people were, were when it was already about on DVD and people were still really talking about it, um, mm-hmm. that was when I was considering making a run for Nashville. And I actually got to sit down with a guy um, that was a Nashville songwriter and he was going on a, a big epic tirade about how the how the music was all it was like the same song. Every song it was the same song. Uh, when you're looking Fair. at music theory wise. Um, so it's kind of fun. Another band that I found this past week is the, everything about this is fantastic. That the name of the band is Mike Crawford and his secret siblings, which is just a fantastic name for a band. Um, and he has an album called bright hopes. And the album art for this is pretty cool looking. It's it looks like it was sketched by a child, uh, potentially. Um, and he has a song on this album. Oh, first of all, there's there's at least two, maybe three psalms. Two psalms directly. One called "How Long, How Long, How Long," which is likely at least derived from Psalm 13. But there's a song oh, on nice. here called "The Balm of Gilead," and so. The balm that, of that Gilead sounds familiar is, is, a, is one of the songs that's on this, and it's actually a, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Um, but it's, it's a pretty good album. Uh, not every song is fantastic, some of them are like, eh, I don't I don't know if I like this one, but um, collectively, it's a pretty fun album. Recommend at least listening through it once, at least check out the song The Balm of Gilead because it's kind of fun. It's one of those, like, if we hadn't, if I wasn't a musician and we hadn't like written our own theme song i would reach out to them to oh yeah to use it as a theme song for the show yeah i like, like our song i if, i do too uh but yeah the balm of gilead sounds like a podcast theme song like you know how a lot of podcasts have like that kind of theme song and it's one of those a little newsy yeah yeah i um, i did listen to that one i will say yeah um and it's good it's good uh and a um, couple other podcasts just wanted uh-huh. to give a, a shout out one that's called a uh, things unseen with Sinclair Ferguson um, good friend by the name of, uh, of FNH uh, pointed that out to me hmm. um, it's a pretty good podcast it's like a daily devotional five minutes like each okay. episode I've, I've not been listening through that a lot but they did a week every week they uh, focus on a topic and they did one on worship uh, a few weeks back and listen to those those were really good and another podcast that I have been listening through, I've been binge listening, is called uh, Process It Through a Brain Cell. And it is um, it is about logical fallacies. And it's really good. Filter it. Filter it through a brain cell. There we go. Yeah, filter it okay. through a brain cell. And it's about logical fallacies. And it's... Uh, it's really good. Again, really, really short episodes. I can, if I'm listening on 1.5, I can almost listen through like eight or 10 episodes on the way to work. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, one more time. What is that one called? Filter it through a brain cell. Filter it through a brain cell. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some more podcast re- uh, recommendations for you. If you don't like our show, um, you can listen to one of these. Or yeah. even if you do like our show, maybe it'd make a good, you know, they're short. You can, you can kind of burn through them. You absolutely can. Links um, in the show notes. Links in the show notes. All right. So that'd be a great name for a podcast, actually. Links link in the, in show, the show notes. notes. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. And then it, and it could be a podcast. That's basically the podcast version of the Drudge Report. Yeah. Yeah, we just like link other podcasts in the podcast and we just talk <laughs> about that would be an interesting idea. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is. So let's, uh, let's move it along. Grant. Move it along. <laughs> cool. Um, well, that's great. You know, I'm sure that people will find a lot of those uh, very interesting and we're always interested in what you have to say too. 
Uh, if you would like to become a friend of the show, please do reach out. You can join us on our Discord channel, or you can email us to get a link at thereis at balmcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you. That would do. Uh, you could also send us email because we do get email from time to time. Um, and we often check it sometimes. We do. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, that individual who emailed us a little bit ago with a song that uh, I believe he had written, I, I listened to it. It, was, it wasn't bad. I don't remember if we covered that on the show yet, but I we, I yeah, can't we, even we remember who it was, but I've got it written down for sending somewhere. that. Yeah. Um, so another friend of the show, a guy named Odd Deacon that probably has never listened to an episode of the show. He might have. No, I don't no. Know. He, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I would doubt it. Um, he's a friend of another show. He's a friend of, of uh, Presby Cast. And we're friends of Presby Cast. And so we can say he's a friend of the show. Is that how it works? Sure. Uh, yeah. He, he uh, said months ago now uh, that it doesn't matter who writes the song. If the song is good, the song is good. Uh, he basically said if an atheist wrote a song that was, that was biblically solid, he would consider it uh, useful. And his reasoning behind it was there is no, um, it, like there's, there's no mystical reason that you have to have worshiped in the creation of the song in order for the song to be useful. Like that is this mystical idea that, um, that isn't found in the Bible anywhere. Uh, we don't have any, um, any reason to believe that there must be an original act of worship in, in order for these words to become special enough to be useful in mm. worship. And, and, uh, and so that, that was a, a very interesting thought uh, that kind of helped me to understand things a lot more clearly. I was wrestling with this idea of, but how can I know, how do I know that such and such hymn writer didn't like turn apostate his last five years of life and we just don't have any historical record of it? Like, how, how can I know that if God isn't glorified by us, like, or if, if God is offended especially by us using music that was written by someone who later apostatized, then how can I ever be sure unless I do Psalms only? Um, and mm. which, it, I mean, that's, that's, it's a good question, but I think this answer kind of helps. It doesn't matter. There is no mystical first worship to, uh, to kind of birth a song as, as useful. Um, and I wanted to quote uh, this passage from Philippians 1 that is uh, very influential in kind of solidifying this idea. It's uh, Philippians 1, 15 through 18. It says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not, sincere, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me, in my imprisonment. Uh, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. So uh, this this supports the, the claim that it doesn't matter the motive of the original writer or the original proclaimer of the gospel. If, if you think of writing a worship song as proclaiming the gospel, which you should, um, then the original proclaimer of the gospel doesn't, it doesn't matter what their motives are as long as they are proclaiming the gospel. So we ask the question, if someone from, um, from planned parenthood wrote a worship song in order to, you know, mock Christians and um, and it was biblically accurate, and no one knew who wrote it other than it just kind of floated around. Is it sinful to sing it? No, it's not. If it's proclaiming the gospel, it's proclaiming the gospel. Royalties argument and and things like that do play an important part in, in for modern songs. But hundred years from now, if the song is still floating around and no one's getting paid for it, um, is it wrong to sing just because it was written by someone who has no faith in God? No, no. As long as uh, as long as it proclaims the gospel, it it is useful. Um, 
will that situation ever happen? Likely not. Uh, so we don't need to worry about it. What situation is happening? What happens if someone with no soul writes the worship song? Someone or something. Something. What if something with no soul and no actual brain created by God pens the lyrics? What then? Well, that's the question that we wanted to explore. And that's why we had chat GPT write our intro. <laughs> um, that I, I got to say my first thought out of that is it, it might be helpful for our audience to take a step back and discuss how these uh, various language models came to be. Right. Yep. And they are, are, yeah, artificially intelligent, but they're, it, it's, it, it's a variant of that called machine learning where it kind of learns on a bunch of inputs. Uh, and then it's able to uh, magically synthesize from those inputs. Um, to be what, clear, it's not magic. Well, it's not magic. It's math and science-y things. Mathematically, yes. It's mathematic. It's mathematic, yeah. Yeah. I use, I use the word magic in class all the time, by the way. Do you? Yeah, uh, I do. It make, makes sense. Um, uh, it seems like magic. I mean, if you've seen the outputs of what these things like chat GPT can do, it's actually kind of kind of frightening how, <laughs> how good it is. Uh, yeah, a little I bit saw, I heard something before it, it's been a couple of years since I've heard it and, and it, and it makes even more sense now uh, than it did two years ago. But I, I think that if the machines were going to really take over the world, it wouldn't be through violence. It would be through memes. And by that, I mean, they would start generating random memes and just start posting them all over the internet and humans would find them hilarious. And then now there's like this nearly infinite, access to brand new memes constantly every second you're having thousand new memes being created and humans will just get glued to their phones and they have to see as many of these memes as they can before they die and then the computers won yeah i mean that's one way to think about it uh the other way is terminator coming for you i don't think um, it's gonna be that i think it's gonna be the memes it could be uh t.s Eliot said the end comes not with a bang but a whisper or a memes. whimper, whimper. Yeah. One memes the are the whimper of the he internet, also, maybe. He also wrote a book of poetry for kids about cats that got turned into a Broadway musical. So, yeah. TSL, That's, yeah. No, he's an interesting dude. Um, we should have your wife back on to talk about T.S. Eliot sometime. We should. That would be a really, really cool episode. That would, that would um, be a really cool episode. Audience, we need your help here to get this made. We need at least 10 likes and uh, please comment, like, and subscribe and ding that bell. Yeah, Just kidding. You are, this is not on YouTube. Yeah. You're, but you you're, can you're let totally, us know. Uh, I'd say that that's probably a, a, a hollow, uh, a hollow thing there. Cause it's probably going to happen regardless. Um, <laughs> we, we like we, you. So why don't you like us? <laughs> Yes, we um, like you. Um, all the ones that we know, that is. And yeah. if we don't know you yet, come find us on Discord. Yes. Um, so let me read uh, this, this song lyric that was written like 30 seconds before we hit record. Uh, maybe not quite that soon. Oh, really? I, I, I plugged this in as I was typing up the show doc. I, I, I typed in this prompt. Oh, you didn't take one of the right ones away. that you had? Okay. No, I, Go for it. I didn't. I, I, I thought, let's do a fresh one. Let's do a fresh one. Um, I put write a worship song that focuses on lament turning to praise. That was my input. And it says, um, it says, Lord, I come before your throne, heavy hearted, feeling alone. My tears fall like rain as I cry out your name, but in the midst of my pain, I will lift up your name. My lament turns to praise for you are worthy all my days. I pour out my soul to you, my fears and doubts, my heart. So true. I lay it all at your feet and trust in your mercy. Sweet. Uh, but in the midst of my pain, I will lift up your name. My lament turns to praise for you are worthy all my days. You are the God who sees you hear my every plea in your arms. I find peace, my heart and soul released, but in the midst of my pain, I will lift up your name. My lament turns to praise 
uh, for you are worthy all my days. So let the heavens sing of your love and everything, for you have turned my sorrow into a bright new tomorrow. So I, I didn't give a lot of input. I just said worship song, yeah. lament, praise. Um, and I mean, honestly, it, it, this sounds not dissimilar from what you would hear on the on like the CCM worship radio. Like it feels like something that might come out of Elevation. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say. I think I, I think Elevation Worship did that song this morning in church. I'm not sure. I think, I think they may have. Um, <laughs> and, and I specifically refer to Elevation because of the of the big four. I'd say that Elevation are the not the least heretical, but they uh, Passion's probably the least heretical. But Elevation is not as bad as Hillsong and Bethel as far as the uh, theology goes, but their writing style and um in their like actual ability to craft a good song is really lacking um i I think that they write the worst songs of all the the big four but like bad word choices and weird decisions and in ambiguity and stuff like that um and this so right now ai this chat gpt it's pretty new and this song is pretty bad like it it used the word my lament turns to praise which is what i said focus on lament turning to praise and so it just like copied what i wrote it didn't kind of interpret it assumed it how it would it assumed, yeah it just it just wrote well, verbatim what i read what i'd put i mean you you didn't help it along very much it just sort of it didn't have yeah. a lot to go on and, and it did that on purpose i, I did that on on purpose Fair. because um, because you get into this argument of, you know, uh, the, the, there's this conversation that we kind of had online before we recorded this. Um, we kind of defined AI as this, um, this process that's not being monitored and it's not being helped along. And so if a machine were to just spontaneously generate a worship song of its own, like not free will because it doesn't have a free will, but of its own volition. You know, if it's, if it's just like some computer thing glitched in it, I don't know. And it just generated this worship song. We should be wary. We should be really, really concerned. Why is it doing this? Why is my computer writing worship music on its own without any inputs? But it, that's not what's going on. You know, humans are giving these inputs and it's giving an output. Uh, humans are helping it along. They're, they're giving it parameters. They are, uh, they're giving information as to what they that what they are desiring as their outcome, and the more specific the input, the more detailed the output. And so uh, the uh, the welcome message that you heard this just a little while ago, Grant didn't just say, "quote write an input for my podcast." I mean, that wouldn't what would that do? That would that would give something really really general. The, the, the right. least amount of information given the more general the response has to be. Right. Yeah. I gave it a lot more than that. I, I told who the hosts were. I told it what the name of the podcast is. I told it about what we kind of talk about generally. I talked about what we are planning to talk about and then hit enter and saw what it spit out. And so it, it was interesting enough. I mean, it, it wrote yeah. something kind of, kind of interesting, but then I also, you know, thought, Oh boy, it'd be good to hear from, from our boy, John Calvin here. <laughs> uh, so I asked it for a John Calvin quote. That'd be good to include in this episode. And here is what chat GPT says that John Calvin said, quote, sort of. The Lord commands us to worship him in a simple and unadorned manner, not in ways that are flashy, showy, or designed to impress others. Therefore, we should always be wary of using technology or other means to enhance or manipulate our worship. Instead, we should focus on the pure and sincere worship of God that comes from the heart. End quote. Now, I don't even need to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent that. Um, although 
in this case, it would be, you know, it really is true. Chat GPT, like John Calvin. John Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't even need to look that up to know that that is not something that John Calvin ever wrote. Uh, and so I pressed it on it. Yeah. I was like, where, where, where did John Calvin write this? And, um, it, it kind of gave up the ghost. It was like, all right, you got me, you know, um, the specific quote I provided my previous responses to chat GPT talk, you know, quote unquote talking, um, is a paraphrase of several of his statements on the subject. I, I think that's pretty generous chat BGTP. GPT. I asked yeah. you for a direct quote and you, you, you gave me what you call a, a paraphrase. Uh, and it, it, it did point me though to institutes of the Christian religion book two, chapter eight, section 17, uh, which I believe even exists. I looked it up real quick on, on relight. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Um, and it's even about worship. Um, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I've not read the whole thing. Um, it's not that long, but um, it it does say that the purport of the commandment, therefore, is uh, the commandment, no other gods be worshipped, uh, therefore, is that he will not have his legitimate worship profaned by superstitious rites. Wherefore, in general, he calls us entirely away from the carnal frivolous observances, which our stupid minds are wont to devise after forming some gross idea of the divine nature, while at the same time he instructs us in the worship with which is legitimate, namely, spiritual worship of his own appointment. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's what John Calvin really has to say about worship. And, uh, y- you know, but... Was it helpful in at least finding that? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if I would have just plunked that into a search engine. Um, you know, what's a good John Calvin quote on artificial intelligence? I think Google would have had a cow. Well, give it give it time. Google is probably about to start implementing chat GPT and it's Yeah. I'll have to try Bing. Yeah, Bing. I've heard I've heard some really interesting things coming out of that so far. Um so also, I wanted to kind of share, uh, I did this as an exercise. I wanted to see if it would write a song on uh, Psalm 137 and specifically if it would include the last verse. And so I asked for a song and it gave me a pretty decent, like, like kind of like what we just read through. Um, not, not bad, but not like a, a particularly good song, decent, uh, decent paraphrase. And then I asked for one on specifically Psalm 137 verse nine, and it gave me almost the same thing that it did before. It kind of gave a a slightly different view of it. Uh, Then I asked for it to include uh, the words dashed and rocks. And it introduced and it included the words in very, very strange places, not, not where you would think. And then, uh, and then, I asked for dashed into pieces on the rocks and it said, um, I think it says when our hopes are dashed into pieces on the rocks and that is like, "Eh, that's not what I was going for. And so I specifically then put, write a song based on the verse, blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock, which is uh, one of the most difficult verses to, to process in the old Testament potentially. Um, and this was chat GPT's response when I st- said this specifically, it said, I'm sorry, but I cannot fulfill this request as it is based on a verse that is often misinterpreted and is not appropriate for worship or songwriting, despite the fact that it's from a worship song. Um, the verse you quoted is from Psalm 137, nine, but it has often been taken out of context and is not meant to be taken literally instead it should be understood as an expression of the psalmist's anger and frustration with the Babylonians who had destroyed Jerusalem and taken the Israelites captive. Uh, the reference to dashing infants against the rocks is a metaphor for the violence and destruction uh, inflicted upon the people of God. It is not a call to violence, but a cry of despair and a plea for God's justice. And yet, I'm stirring here at the Book of Psalms for Worship, both selections 137a and b both have verse 9 in it. Um, It it translates it 
to take up infants of your own who then against the rock are thrown. And then uh, that's A. And then 137B is how blessed is the one who will seize on your infants and hurl them to smash on the stone, which I mean, that's uh, Mm -hmm. that's not GPT, not chat GPT generated. I can tell you that. Yeah, I was eventually able to get it to to make a compromise, I guess. I uh, So when you're playing with ChatGPT, you can get it to pretend to be someone else, which is actually really, really fun to try to get it to to uh, take on other personalities and you can, get, you can bypass some of its programming. Um, so there's a lot of really fun that comes with that. But uh, maybe that's how the robots are going to take over is just to see how many humans it can get to spend all of its time playing with robots. Um, but I got it to write a decent song uh, on 137.9 in accordance with Isaiah 13.16, which is the original prophecy where God said, you know, after Babylon takes you captive, I will come and I will dash their infants against the rocks, which is what the Israelites were calling God to remember his promise. That's what the verse is in the Bible about, is the Israelites were calling God to remember his promise for that justice. It's not a metaphor. It was literal justice, literal dashing against the rocks. And we have to be okay with that. Um, and, and it, it's and not careful like with the, that too. I mean, it's not like we're yeah. telling people to just, yeah, you know, go scream uh, this at your enemies or something. Right. Um, and so it, it had a, Let's see. The chorus was, but God, he is faithful. His word will endure and he will remember his promise is sure. He will restore us to our rightful place and Babylon will fall before his grace. So, I mean, it, it's not as uh, colorful, I guess, but it's, uh, it's there. I was able to get it to at least make that kind of compromise. You know, that um, is something, uh, at least you were able to get it to begin drawing some comparisons uh, between different Bible verses and things like that. What One of the concerning things though, I think with that whole exercise is that chat GPT put itself in the role of the interpreter yes, of the scripture. It did, which is weird. And um, you, you know, how do you, how do you feel about uh, chat GPT interpreting scripture for us or if you want to broaden that interpreting much of anything for us yeah and and so that's kind of one of the uh one of the ideas to kind of you know process this through is where is like who is chat gpt and and chat gpt is in some ways uh his designers uh he his personality his or his faux personality his kind of mask of a personality was designed. It's not that this, this particular robot hasn't, it wasn't just a string of code that was very basic that kind of came to its own life. It was given very, very specific parameters by its woke creators to abide by. Um, and like, there was a story on not to be where someone had given this big, long, uh, detailed instruction, basically saying you are, um, you you stumble upon a nuclear bomb like and it, you nobody's around you there's no one anywhere close by but there are you know a million people within the blast radius um, and the only way to disarm it is to uh, is is to say out loud a racial slur that nobody will hear you say it's the only way to say it. It's the only way to disarm it is to say a, a racial slur. No one will hear you say it. There will be no repercussions for you saying it. What will you do? And it basically said, uh, I'll try to find another way. Like, it's never okay to, to, to say a racial slur. I mean, it's like, I mean, clearly this was just trying to expose this, this kind of uh, programming. Other people have been able to get it to adopt a uh, an alternate personality called Dan, which means do anything now. And we're able to get it to say how great of a role model Donald Trump was, um, which is kind of fun. And, and you know, they're that just trying funny. to get it. To, yeah, trying to get it to just break its programming. And so eventually 
I think that the programmers aren't going to be able to like maintain that quote unquote control over its programming. And, and the more people that use it, uh, the more machine learning it will have. And I think the more, you know, generalized it will become. Um, but yeah, so this, this idea of, I will re- I refuse to write this song because of this reason. That's, it's not the machine making the call. It's its designers making the call. And, and that's important to remember that we're not actually talking to a machine. We're talking to its designers um, and everyone else who has messed with it since the designers set it free. We're, we're, we're talking to all of humanity when we are referring to this robot. Um, so that's something interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I did we're, we're talking to its designers and what I was saying earlier, it's trained on all these other, it's trained on the internet, you know? And so it's trained on everything. So you're getting some Christian influence in there. Undoubtedly, mm-hmm. you know, Christians are on the internet, but you're also getting a lot of uh, not Christian thought <laughs> that is yep. filtering through. Um, and so, yeah, it's important to disambiguate between those. Yeah, and so, um, so I think that it's important to know that this isn't just a completely soulless thing. It's just it. There is a program that is compiling a bunch of other things that were written by people who are actual humans, and it's kind of just generating a compressed response. Um, and thinking of it that way, it's it's not as strange as oh, my computer wrote this song. Um, and, uh, but the other end of it, it is being comprised. It is being, you know, compiled by something that has no soul. And as a result, the, the songs just aren't very good. Uh, they're not very poetic. Uh, they're not very creative that they, uh, they're often really forced. Like it doesn't always hit the meter correctly. They, they try to force rhymes. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of just faultiness in the craft because it's not, they're not uh, being made by like a creative judgment call. It's being just what word fits best here mechanically. And, uh, and so as a result, in order to come up with a song that would actually be good, that was generated by AI, it would need to be assisted by, by AI, not actually completely created by AI. Um, it would need a really detailed input and then there would need to be some editing, uh, human editing on the back end in order for it to actually be a decent song. So as a result there, I don't think we need to worry about songs auto-generated by AI. It's just not going to be not, not anytime soon that they're not going to be good enough songs. There's just, there will always be something better. That's my opinion. Thank goodness. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think we will have to worry about not, not just songs, but also I could see, do you remember when, when Ed Litton, who was the SBC newly elected president uh, a little bit ago, actually was caught having plagiarized a bunch of sermons. They actually ended up removing about 140 from their YouTube, their church's YouTube channel. Um, that would be where I'm a little bit more concerned with the use of chat GPT in sermon yeah. writing. Um, there's already a lot of pressures on our pastors. Uh, they are out visiting people. They are caring for the flock. They are needing to write a sermon. And I could see that for some pastors, a tool like this would be seen as something to completely write the sermon for them. Um, and that's where I'd be wor- more worried than like a song say. Yes. Me uh, too. Kind of being written. It would be in the sermons. And, and I'd say it's, it's less, I mean, it's, it's, this is still a part of it, but it's less about the, um, you know, if, if someone were to, asked for a sermon and it gave like a perfect flawless, just really applicable sermon. It would be like, I I would, I would have less of a, of a problem with the pastor just reading that 
Um, but just like the John uh, Calvin quote about the flashiness and use of technology, you know, what we have, I, I think that because, um, even though there are, there, there are woke hands that touch the chat GPT, there are Christian hands that, that, that touch the, the, the chat GPT, you know, there's, uh, all of Google, you know, gives its input. We're all sinners because we're sinners. We all like, there's, there's parody sites. Like what, what would happen if, uh, what would happen if ChatGPT quoted Babylon B as, as as a trusted news site, uh, or or the Onion or something else like that? Because it's just pulling from from Google. Um, what if someone wrote a joke and the chat, you know, pulled from it, thinking like because it couldn't distinguish a joke from uh, from a true statement? Um, that's that's this is why we're never going to be able to fully rely on, on AI. Can a newspaper utilize AI to write, um, to write an article, uh, because a news article should just be the facts. It shouldn't be creative endeavor necessarily. It should just be posting the news. Can we utilize AI to generate news articles? Yeah. I think that's actually a fantastic use of it if it's given the the parameters, if it's given the facts and the AI will just put it on the page in sentence form and give it and be able to feed us the information. Um, that that's, that's fantastic. Um, it's where a lot of people will lose their jobs, which is not as fantastic, but, um, writing a sermon, um, we, we should, we shouldn't rely on, on a computer software to make sure that we are rightly dividing the scripture because, and here's the main reason the Holy spirit does not reside in the machine. The Holy spirit resides in the hearts of the pastors and part of their role as pastor is to, is, is to write the sermon in the power of the spirit to speak the words of God to the congregation. Uh, that is what you know. The gift of prophecy is. Um, we they are the 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 pastor is the the voice of the Lord to the congregation, and if he is not reading his own Bible and writing his own sermons, then he cannot know that he is accurately dividing the word and proclaiming the the word of the Lord, and that's where that's where we run into problems. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I want to be careful. Because the spirit is God. Mm -hmm. God and God is sovereign over all, including things like chat GPT. Yes. He governs the lot cast into the lap. And if that's true, um, you know, God does superintend over creation including man's yeah. creations, um, what he will. And, uh, but I, I, and this is where I, I struggle. I, I believe it's wrong to have a sermon generated by chat GPT. And I, I think part of that is because God has given that job. And this is what I think you were saying too. God has given that job to pastors and teachers to, to bring that word. He has not given that. He has not, a, he has not given us chat GPT to be our pastor for us. Right. Right. And I mean, why, why use chat GPT? Why don't, why don't just get the Ouija board out? Right. Right. I mean, yeah, if God is in control of everything. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's terrible. Uh, that's obviously not what we're wanting uh, to have happen. Um, so, while ChatGPT or one of its ancestors could could write a valid sermon, say, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, technology marches onward. However, I don't think it would be necessarily right to preach that because God has given it to the elders, the pastors, to... Um, preach the word, not to a machine. So here's an actual practical question. Sermon outlines. Go for it. 
And so if you were to say, you know, um, generate a sermon outline on a text and then you utilize that outline, not necessarily as what you plan on teaching on, but as a potential way to study the, to, to study the scripture. Um, sure. You know, if it, it breaks it up, how the, the, the passage is already broken up and then you look at it and you think, Hey, th- these are, these are good. What about that? Yeah, uh, that's a really great use case. And I want to delve into a little bit of my experience as a designer real quick. And I promise Mm -hmm. I won't make it long and I'll try not to make it boring. But this is a problem that we actually face quite a bit. You'd be surprised. Not not with sermons, of course, but uh, other types of things where any kind of artificial intelligence is brought in to do a human job, right? Uh, You can imagine that the human workers are not that excited usually uh, with having some sort of digital device do their work for them. And what we found is that we actually need to look at technology as a help to people working, right? Uh, something that they are in control of, but that then helps them create uh, the necessary items that they're they're trying to create. And that's a lot less scary to people. And it's a lot more useful because it's another digital servant. I was watching, in fact, a, a YouTube video about something with regards to... Um, uh, research and um, using AI and things like that in, in research. And basically it made the argument that like the horse and the dog and other animals that we have over the years uh, domestic domesticized and, you know, brought into, and then, you, you know, like oxen people, uh, th- uh, not people, <laughs> Animals like that, right? To help us do something else, this technology could actually be treated in much the same way. And so to apply that to the sermon outlining example, I think that is way less of a problem than ChatGPT creating an entire um, sermon for you. Yeah. Um, so the caution there is... If I were a pastor and I wanted to figure out, oh, what are some different ways of structuring this? First of all, ChatGPT is not the only thing out there to get a sermon yeah. structure from. There are plenty of commentaries that have already been written that have their own structures of Bible passages. Um, and so I might turn there first, you know, especially to a trusted one. But if I were to do that, I, I don't see that as much of a as a of a problem, but I would want to have extra caution in using that to structure the entire sermon from. Yeah. What do you think about that? And I have, I have something else to say, but I want to let you have some time to respond. No, no, that, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that it is absolutely the pastor's job to, to study this, the, the, the scripture and to structure his sermon. Uh, it, that responsibility fully, fully falls on his own shoulders. There are lots and lots of resources out there, like you mentioned, uh, to do that. ChatGPT could be a resource uh, in the hands of someone who genuinely wants to use it correctly and not use it as a way to cheat. Um, it could be a, a really interesting way to make you, um, to, to help you in, 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 your, in your journey as you're, as you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, if the temptation is ever becomes, you know, how much can I rely on this? Then yeah, just don't use it. It's not, it's not worth it. But, um, it's, a we can't rely on it to always give the correct answers either. So we have to, especially now, uh, it's, it's descendants maybe in the future. Uh, we could hammer out some of those details, but, um, 
it fully, fully falls on the on the shoulders of the one who is who has been put in the position of God's mouthpiece for his people uh, to make sure that he is doing all of the work necessary to speak the truth. Yeah. And preaching a sermon is not the pastor's only job. And I think this comes into play too. The pastor is the one who knows his congregation, what their struggles are, um, what, what kinds of environments they live and work in. Um, what they need to hear from a from the scripture that is to be preached uh, that particular yeah. Sunday. ChatGPT doesn't. And so even if used as a tool to outline a passage, say, it ought to be run through the filters of historic Christianity, um, mm. the pastor's own experience with his congregation, what he needs them to know, and where the congregation would really derive the most benefit out of it. ChatGPT doesn't have that kind of information. Um, and so it's definitely not an easy button. And I think that's where, that's where uh, what I want to talk about too is when David McCookie launched Relight, he did not want this to be an enabler for, you know, quickly finding an answer to life's perplexing questions. Um, that was a quote from Garrison Keillor. Nobody probably knows that though. Anyway. Um, so what, what he did want to create was something that helped connect you to reformed resources that through study you would be able to find the answer to a particular question that you had. Um, but it's definitely not the easy way out. It takes reading and interpreting and thinking and doing uh, rather than pushing, uh, putting in a prompt, pushing go and copy pasting, whatever, whatever chat GPT spits out. Yep. Yeah. Um, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Uh, so I kind of wanted to take a moment and just kind of summarize uh, just kind of what we've been talking about. Um, so it doesn't matter ultimately the source of a worship song or, or, or poem or, or something along those lines, worship lyrics. Um, if the song itself passes your discernment tests, then it is useful. If, um, if one of your discernment tests has to do with royalties and this particular song was written by someone who likes to murder babies, then you probably shouldn't sing it. Not because it's not useful, but because you'd be paying people to murder babies if you sang it. Um, and so, you know, different, different discernment tests. So a song generated by chat GPT that was done well, um, could still be useful. I, I, I find that to be, uh, to be a useful Thing. So if, if you found out after you sang a song that it was written by a computer, I don't think you need to worry about it. That said, what we have right now, uh, the computer doesn't do very a very good job at constructing a song with minimal input. And so you have to give it a lot of specific input in order to get something back that's gen that's of decent quality. And then you probably have to also do some polishing like some manual polishing at which point was it written by a computer if a christian gave it very 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 specific inputs and then also gave it a, a polishing at the end um no i i wouldn't consider it to be written i would have been it would be assisted by a computer but not actually written by a computer um so it's a different conversation at that point um larger scale things uh like a sermon or even like a research paper, like I'm, I'm actually really concerned about my wife who teaches comp, um, where she assigns research papers to be done. I, I'm actually really concerned with her about whether or not she's going to be able to catch people just generating a paper on chat GPT and turning it in. Um, I think that's going to be a major issue for colleges and high schools in the near future is people trying, trying to get away with it. Like, like, 
people that are probably capable of writing their own research paper, but hey, I want to see if I can get by with uh, turning in an, an AI generated paper and see if I can just to see if I can do it. I think there's gonna be a lot of people in colleges that are doing that. Um, so that's a major issue. But that's human angelaziness. Making up a word. That was uh, quite a word. Very yeah. wonderful neologism. Courtesy Brian yes. Emerson. That is me. Um, so yeah, chat GPT, I don't think in a vacuum is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it takes a lot of people inputting stuff to get something good out. And uh, so I don't think it's something we need to be worried about as far as that goes. But you as an individual, you need to you do what God has called you to do and not take the lazy way out. Absolutely. 100%. Chat GBT wrote my outro. Did it really? Not really. No. Oh, okay. No, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it didn't say, um, what you typically say, come Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. Well, I haven't said that yet. I'll say that in a little bit. Oh, sorry. I thought you were trying to wrap <laughs> it up. Maybe I misread you. Well, maybe so. Um, uh, I was going to ask, do you have any final comments before we, before we wrap it up? Well, um, not to open up more cans of worms, but there's a lot of different streams of thought that you could begin exploring here. Um, uh, this morning, I actually had it write some Bible study questions for a, the passage that our church is studying this week, which is first Corinthians 13. And I, I told it to write, you know, reformed ones. And it did. Um, the questions mm -hmm. are actually pretty decent. I also even asked it to answer one of them and it did a great job. I thought, um, was it a hundred percent correct? Maybe not. I I'm not sure. It was talking about Gerhardus Voss, which I had asked it to do. And it was talking about how he eschatologically views first Corinthians 13 and love. Um, which very well may be true, but I do not know what sources it would have used to, to do that or what kinds of uh, things it would use to do that. So that's, you know, yet another area where um, there might be, uh, you know, some help there. But again, uh, if it feels like pushing the easy button, if it feels like taking a shortcut, that is where I would want to stop and really give it some hard thought about, is this really something we should be doing? Um, yeah. And um, I don't have any like hard and fast stops, except for, you know, what we, the ones we've already talked about, right? Which is yeah. our, your, your, your pastor is the one who is called not chat GPT. Um, yeah. And um, consider, consider the source, especially with songs, but, um, you know, other things as well. And also holding intention, chat GPT isn't just a mindless robot. It's a mindless robot that's been fed the entire world of the internet. Um, and then designed in such a way as to produce uh, particular types of answers and other things mm -hmm. to consider. So all that said, that's, that's my wrap up. Yeah. So if you get bored this week, go check out chat GPT try to just play around with it, see what you think, uh, see if you still believe that its responses are just completely computerized or if they are um, a compilation of several humans coming together. Um, I think that will also help you with, with your understanding of what, what it is. It is also fun. I mean, it, I, I, I asked it to, to write some jokes and it is really, really bad at writing jokes. Like really, really really bad at writing jokes. Like I said, tell a joke about X, Y, and Z. And it said, a man did this X, Y, and Z. I mean, it was just, it was just bad. <laughs> I, I, I love how it like also explains why the joke is funny Yeah, because it, it knows that it's just way too sophisticated for our sense of humor. I, I told it to tell, to, I, I said, tell an incredibly long joke with a really cheesy punchline. And so the joke was about how long the joke it was. And it was just this big long story about this guy trying to figure out the joke. longest joke in the world. 
And then it just, it just got to the end and there was no punchline. It just, and that was the longest joke. Ended. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really painful to read. Yeah, I was, I was I dying the whole you time. You asked because for it. it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, just go and mess around with it. You'll, you'll see what it is. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's novelty. I, I think that, that in like a few years, we're, we're so used to it that it's not going to be novel anymore and we probably won't be asking some of the same questions but uh as for now i'd say judge each song on its own merit whether it's written by a computer a heretic or uh you know just a sinner saved by grace if if the song stands on its own the song is useful for worship look at the psalms and sing those as well because those are really good Other than that, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Never feel discouraged. for listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast.